You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about understanding your relationships through the lens of the Enneagram glow stages. I'm so excited for you to get to hear how I've conceptualized relationship trajectories in the lens of your glow and the way that you shine together and later will blend your colors and really shine out in a different way, getting through shadows. So I'm super excited that we're going to get to talk about this today. I also want to let you know about our spooky season glow contest where it's almost Halloween and you get a chance to, with your boo, play one of our mystery dinner games at your house. So make sure you go over to Instagram. It's an easy contest entry over there. And it starts Monday if you're listening live and it ends Friday, October 22nd, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this will give you a chance to get to know what our games are like and just to think of something different to do for this holiday. I know a lot of you are trick-or-treating with adorable little ones. And we are going out all Star Wars theme this year as a family. And as you might remember, we always decorate our tree and have a lot of fun. And we love to share our light in the dark. We love to share our glow and have a great time. So I hope you guys do too in the Spooky Seasons Glow Contest and that you get to win one of our games too. Prior to COVID, we also had a murder mystery dinner train run one of our games, which was so much fun. So I hope that we get to do that again. We're planning on actually writing another one in November after our planners are out. And it's one where Wes and I get to work together and he loves it. And he's asked me to. We're really excited that he gets to edit and I get to write because as you guys know, in marriage, you have to find things that you're both passionate about, not just one of you. That's fine if you're passionate about something and your spouse is passionate about some other things. But you also have to find things you're both passionate about. And so this is one area where Wes and I, even though I'm much more of the Enneagram person and he's much more of the medical person by and large, we meet so that couples can come together and have fun. And it's literally with his social subtype and my interest in creative writing, a really great glow there. So I hope you guys can find ways to glow together where you just truly merge more in healthy ways. And I'm glad I'm finally getting the chance to talk to you guys about the Enneagram glow stages. And one of the main reasons I wanted to do that is because I have some guests coming on who are going to be talking a little bit about their glow together and going through those stages. And I want you guys to be able to understand that language. And so far, I've only really talked about it to my Enneagram certification students, as well as if you were at the Wholehearted Enneagram Conference. In a few minutes, we'll get into what the stages of your glow together look like specifically. But in general, I just want to remind you that when I made the Enneagram Glow Guides, the concept was that you guys would start to see that, first of all, every type works well with every other type if they're healthy, not just certain types with certain types, even though some are more common than others. I also wanted you guys to see that it's pretty cool to note that because I'm seeing all these combinations of couples all the time, that I see trends and patterns that are very similar amidst all the different types. So it's fun to be able to make those into the guides to say, hey, here's some definites that are going to be helpful for you because I keep seeing this pattern. But what I really like and where this conceptualization comes from even more on a deep level 
unique personal level to you, I think, is that when you really spend a long time gelling with another person, you guys do start to really rub off onto each other with your actual gifts. So when we have our episodes coming up with our 2-8 couple and our 7-8 pairing, you're going to even see that the 7 is, you know, both of these couples have been married 20 plus years and they're different. The two with the eight is a lot more powerful and vibrant. The seven with the eight is a lot more uh, logical and strong. And there's just ways we rub off on each other. You've heard me say I'm a one with a seven. So I do a lot more editing than most sevens probably would and enjoy it thoroughly. So I think that it's really going to be fun for you to think about yourselves as you listen to me talk in a few minutes about this lens and the way that your glow can rub off on each other. Because with all the hard work that marriage is, as we're balancing instincts and our types, it's fun to realize that we truly share this unique commonality with others of our pairing. But it's also even more fun, I think, to realize, gosh, if we do this work through these stages that are pretty common to every couple, then we can come out on the other side with glossier, deeper, richer hues that just lean out into the world farther. So it's a beautiful thing when we can remember that. After the stages, I want you to stick around because I'm going to give you a sample couple and I'll use a fun one from culture just to see how the glow works in a theoretical way if you actually take somebody through the stages. But in the meantime, I asked you guys to get your binders ready if you want to get the Enneagram Glow Planner, and that will be out in November. So we are working on the final edits for it. I'm so excited and thankful that our outreach can be greater as we potentially work on the entire 2022 together with all kinds of topics from intimacy and finances to conflict to in-laws and to, of course, self-care and replenishment so that you guys can continue learning and growing. I know so far in 2021, we've been focusing, especially this season, on pausing more. And we were able to do Andy Colbert's book a couple episodes ago. And I hope that you guys have been trying to understand yourselves better as we are learning about, of course, marriage on this podcast and our Enneagram types. Sometimes a lot of us are learning there's things going on beneath the surface. And we really need help with just how to regulate and how to co-regulate, not to be codependent, but how to say to one another, I am looking to make sure that you and I are tracking together and supporting each other and even helping to carry each other sometimes, but not totally dependent on each other. So Andy Colbert's book has been great for that. And then I've also been really enjoying the accompaniment, the TriSofter journal. So I know we talked about that as a possible thing you might do coming up and for me too, and I have been. And I'm hoping that as you join me in the parts of your life that are maybe more work and not as much fun, that perhaps it does add a little fun to know I'm doing this with Krista or others that listen to this podcast because sometimes it just feels good to be part of a community. So know that I'm with you. I'm tracking through and trekking through sometimes the muck and the mire in order to get to that sweet spot and that prize of having a healthier countenance and marriage and relationship. And for those who have had trauma, it is a bit more of a darker, deeper maybe more painful journeys sometimes. So Andy's book and now workbook have been such a blessing to me. 
Today also, I'm giving you a freebie. So make sure you check out the show notes for the Enneagram Glow Stages because I think that's gonna be a really cool freebie for you guys to do together as a couple. And you'll maybe even really sit down with it and print it and to be able to remember to share it with friends, not because it's this revolutionary new idea, but I think it's just a way for us to be able to conceptualize the stages of a relationship with more compassion and with less angst or with less uncertainty. So we're going to get into those now, but thankful for the ways we're all learning. Hope you're trying to pause with Wes and I and help one another along. Hope that you're trying to process trauma, balance those instincts, and also prepare for good things to come. So, all right, let's get started on talking about the Enneagram stages of a relationship in terms of your glow. So a lot of you understand that the concept of the glow is really a concept to describe how you and your partner's combined relationship gifts shine brighter together in the world. So when we talk about how we glow together, we're really saying, okay, there's 45 pairing combo potentials and plus a lot more permutations than that as well, right? When you consider wings and subtypes, but in general, you find that you have different gifts together. And at the beginning of a relationship, I have conceptualized five to six stages with this. So you can Listen as we talk stage by stage, and you'll see why I say there's a bit of an ish to it, because it isn't that everybody is going to go through these stages as cookie cutters, just like the stages of grief. Sometimes there's a little bit more of a spider webby factor here where we're we're really just leaning into different stages all at once. But I think this is going to be helpful. So at the beginning, you are actually in your Enneagram shine stage. And I call that one shine because you're finding one another and like, oh, we're going to pair up and finding out that you guys have gifts that the other one doesn't have. And it's like the beginning of that relationship when, of course, you've heard me say, I'm looking at Wes in physics class. I'm seeing the way his mind is really moving in a direction mine just was not working or at least interested in working in at that time. And it was very attractive to me because he was helping me in areas where I wasn't as strong. And similarly, I was helping him to relax, to unwind, to be a little bit more socially aware because he didn't have a lot of social skills in those days. And so especially that being his favorite area, it was like he had a lot that he was thriving in. But when it came to the intimate relationships, that's his repressed side. So he wasn't really good with the one-on-ones. He was good with leading a football team. He was good at leading a Bible club. But as far as understanding the more gray areas and that nuance, it wasn't good for him. It just, he couldn't do it. And I really couldn't do the whole, be super responsible and be really empowered with my place in life. So we not only gave to each other out of our type gifts, but also some of our dominant instinct gifts. And it was very fun and shiny and just happy. And you just feel that beautiful, bright glow. And your friends enjoy that. They're they're not super impressed. They're just like, oh my gosh, you guys are in love. Maybe it's young love. Maybe it's older love. But you're just like, this is the honeymoon stage. And it's shiny. And it's fun. And it's happy. And that's why I call it shine. And I give you in the freebie an example of a couple. And you can see how they're doing this process. And they're an eight, nine couple. So you'll just see how you guys do it. But in that phase, you kind of have to remember it. Or if you're in it right now, just acknowledge it and say, I'm loving this together. This is a blast. 
The second stage of the glow I call heal. And this is when you realize that your partner or spouse has actual wounds that you can help to heal with your particular gifts. And if you're a member, uh, I'm so glad my therapist on my team here at Reflections in Florida, she's actually now Enneagram and Marriage Certified as well as she went through my course. But I'm so happy when she came on, she took our audience through just how we can in marriage help each other with our trauma. And this is that stage. It's, it's a beautiful healing time to say, oh my gosh, you were wounded in this way and you matter. And you're doing that for them and they're doing that for you. And you're rising up and you're really hitting more potential than you ever thought you could. Maybe you're putting each other through school. Maybe you're starting a business. Maybe you're starting a family and you're like, I actually have a chance at life. This is beautiful. So it's a neat time of building and safety together. And obviously it goes just a little bit deeper than just happy, shiny, fun. You're starting to even use your gifts in the world and have that collective peace. Now, stage three of the glow is a little bit more complex, but I would argue that almost every couple hits stage three. I think just about every couple hits the first two. And then stage three is, I think, most couples hitting. And this is called shadows and shade. And it's basically the time in your life when you're truly throwing shade at each other. You're truly saying, you know, I know that at one time I thought that you were helpful to me. I know that at one time you were helpful to me, but you've changed, we've changed, our dynamic has changed, and I no longer celebrate our differences. In fact, I mourn them, and I mourn the fact that I ever met you. And that is a really harsh place, but it's a very honest place that I think almost every couple will hit sometimes. And I think it happens a lot of times differently at different times in your marriage where you're like, why are you giving me that look? And it's like, oh, you just don't even want to know it. I'm thinking right now, but but you might even, even as you listen to me say that, say, oh, we've never been that. But I don't want to project that out to you and just say, oh yeah, only the couples I've seen have had that or only I've had that. I just want you to understand that if you have that in the future, don't feel alone. And if you've never had it, great. But what it really gets to here is that couples work is tough. And we celebrate marriage for the longevity a lot of times. This is sheerly beautiful because you have been so faithful to another human being. And that is not easy because we can be fickle and it's normal to find attractions to other people. And we are hoping you don't act on those. It's normal to feel annoyed and burnt out and like your marriage hit a rough patch. Uh, And this is what this shady season is about. It's not that you're acting shady. It's that you are feeling a shadow. You're not feeling strong. You're feeling like you are lost. And this can go into the total depths and And that's a stage that I've labeled as 3.5 darkness, where we're truly without the glow and the light, or we feel it, even though there's probably a sliver there we're not seeing. And that's a stage where a lot of couples divorce. So we could pretend all we want in an idealistic way that we never get to that stage as a culture, as a world. But we all know that sometimes the light burns out and it's darkness and it's over. And I love to help couples who are in the shadows, the shades, or in that darkness and need somebody to turn on a light or to just, 
you know, show that there is a spark there. I think that's obviously why I do this field is I have a hope for you, even if you're not in a relationship or that you're in a struggling relationship, that you can still have a good life and you can still shine your light brightly. But I also want to just be realistic, like I said, that sometimes in this place, we can be too codependent on our spouses for our happiness. And this is why it's so important to develop our own balance of self-care and wellness to have a relationship with God of our own. Also, body work of our own and taking care of our own emotional needs so that if your spouse is having a terrible season, that you are not totally dependent on them and vice versa. Because if you're married long enough, you are going to have some hard times, whether it be illness, loss of somebody, or you are just grappling with humanity and the problem of evil or pain in the world, there's going to be these dark nights of the soul. So you have to have some replenishment and some patterns of behavior that will help you to stay strong. And for me, faith has been one of those places where I've been really blessed to say, okay, God, you're carrying me through with a lavish love, even when we're struggling. And I hope that you guys can find places and avenues that you are feeling like can support you in those seasons. And of course, you heard me highlight a little bit. I would love for you to find a helper in those seasons as well so that you can grow and find what's going on. Because I think that some of us have this season hit us more than others. And like I said, it's not this perfect linear cycle. Sometimes you head back into this season and you need another round with somebody to help you through. So don't forget your mentors in this season. Don't just collude with your spouse. Don't just be codependent, but really try to help one another and to really lift one another up when one or both of you is in the stage or solicit help from somebody else. So the next stage after these shadows and darkness is called immersion. And that's stage four. And it's a time when you're really not just looking at your partner's shadows anymore, but you're kind of doing your Enneagram work here. Or if you didn't, like for me, you've heard me say, going back to old journals, I could see that I was doing my Enneagram work starting to anyway, before I knew what my type was. So whether it's that you're using the Enneagram as a tool or not, this immerse stage looks like you finding helpful coping strategies and then working from those and trying to make your relationship and your life a lot healthier and stronger intentionally. So if you follow my newsletter, you know I'm all about that, intentionally living together. And this is a stage when you are just owning your stuff and saying, oh my gosh, like I've been pointing my spouse's stuff out for so long. But when you finally do your Enneagram work and you start to look at your own passions and fixations and realize that you've been holding those tightly and that they're actually hurting you more than helping you, even though all along you're like, no, I know this is my coping strategy. And I know when I stay in my melancholy or I stay in my gluttony or I stay in my uh, avarice or uh, pride, then maybe you're thinking this is really going to help me. And your spouse has been saying it for a while and now you're starting to listen. No, it's not helping you. Some of us will hit this like I did around age 30. But even as I mentioned earlier today, 
sometimes I still hit this wall and I have to go back to immersion and say, you know what, like, what can I do to look back at last Wednesday and see what could I have done differently to help myself to not be so close to my window of tolerance where I'm tempted to go into my self-preserving mode so much or into my gluttony so much that I'm losing sight of balance. So this is a place where you do this work and you're insightful, not just about your spouse's stuff. And it's not just about grief. It's about doing and getting into that action. And that is important because we know we need both. We need the thoughtfulness and the lament, but we also need a time to really get going. Now, stage five, I call glow 2.0 because you realize this about yourselves and all of a sudden you are finding that teeter-totter balance is a lot more healthy that you are not perfect, but you're noticing and you're noticing with more compassion than you used to, less of a stark inner critic or an inner committee. You're noticing with more love and grace toward yourself and your spouse, not just that bias that we have, that fundamental attribution error about ourselves and our spouses thinking they're a lot worse than us, but you're just like, oh my gosh, like we're so blessed to have each other because we're a hot mess. And there was a great John Gottman quote about that the other day. And it was last Wednesday. In fact, I had saved the quote and Wes then said to me that night and he was like, you are so kind because you hang out with me even when I have like, I'm so neurotic or you just see all my crap. And then I was like, oh my gosh, honey, I really can't believe you said that because I had been thinking the same thing. And here's what the quote was. I shared it on Instagram, but neuroses don't have to ruin a marriage. If you can accommodate each other's crazy side and handle it with caring, affection, and respect, your marriage can thrive. And that's what I love about this glow 2.0 stage. It doesn't mean we've arrived. I mean, humans, we're always going to be growing. And that's what the glow 2.0 is. It's really working on your stuff together as a team. And then another beautiful thing about the Glow 2.0 is you guys start to really share your light in the world better collectively because marriage can be very selfish if it's all inward. Oh, we both are the sexual subtype now and we're just immersing ourselves in the love of each other and we're the cutest couple around. I mean, that only lasts for so long, hopefully, before you realize that's not enough. Uh, And I know that's what a seven says, it's not enough, but Wes and I were on homecoming court together and we were cutest couple and it's not enough, guys. You have to love others, not just each other, because it's a beautiful thing in depression studies show that volunteering in the world creates a better life. So just resist the urge to be like, we alone have all of our fun together. And for us, that's both of us are secondary subtypes. So neither of us are in extreme danger of thinking that just each other is the only purpose of life. I mean, Wes is very social. He's all about the collective and helping everybody. And I'm all about protecting my my tribe, my clients, my people. And so we're actually still learning to balance these other areas. And I don't mean that when you hit the 2.0 that you aren't still trying to balance, but you are definitely shining brighter. And for instance, I love that Wes and I will be hosting our 25th year class reunion next year, planning it all, because that's a way we're using our one in seven gifts in the world. I mean, the people that liked me didn't like him and the people that liked him didn't like me. And then everybody in our class now likes both of us. And it's funny because when they see us, they're like, I remember you guys, you were the nicest girl. And I'm like, 
really? Like, I love that you have that memory of me because I didn't feel that way. I thought I was really snobbish. And part of me wonders if they just allowed what Wes was as such a good guy to rub off. And similarly, a lot of the people who probably wouldn't have wanted much to do with a social one adore Wes. Like one of my great friends from New York City who he works on movie effects and is very liberal. And, you know, Wes is more conservative than me, but really funny that those two hit it off and they're really good friends. And I love that when you're at the Glow 2.0 stage that you have the ability to be friends with different people. It's a Christianity Today article I was reading this week, and they were talking about how uh, a lot of healthy people keep friends that are different from them so that they can continue to rub off on each other. And I love that Wes and I do that because we're from such different backgrounds. And we continue not only to encourage and to rub off on each other, but onto our friends and to unite people who might otherwise be very different. So it's been a really interesting ride to see how does our 1-7 glow rub off in the world. And a friend said the other day, she was really surprised me. And she said, you know, you and Wes are just so good together. And she goes, you guys are just... Like when you're together, there's just something special. And I was like really surprised to hear that because I mean, maybe I'm a bit jaded, but I was like, oh my gosh, you're probably just thinking like these two tired parents. But like something about our spark and our glow is still strong and bright around our community. So it's important for us to realize we glow and we shine brightest together when we are serving in the world in these social ways that we're both gifted in. So all of that to say, please find your 2.0. And you might even wonder, is that why she said there's five-ish stages? Because I added in that darkness. No, I said five to six-ish stages because there is a one more stage after the glow 2.0. And that is the afterglow. You didn't think I was going to end without a Taylor Swift nod, did you? I'm just kidding. I do like that song though. But I really wanted to share the afterglow stage because I think that we need to really plan for marriage to be super long and to be like, our light shine bright. But like there are seasons where Galadriel in Lord of the Rings, for instance, says, you know, I face the ring, I must go and retreat. And this is our stage in life that we have had our time. We have had our day, as my mom would say when she was alive, you know, tell them we had our day. And it's that you've done beautiful big things in the world and maybe you're retiring or you're just doing maintenance now and maybe you are mentoring other couples and hopefully you're still having your day. It could be that you're not. It could be that you are already kind of just like, we're tired and we, we're we done now and we've had our kids and we've had our grandkids and we're just kind of resting now. And, and that's okay. That's a beautiful afterglow, just enjoying. Maybe you take a cruise with the grandkids and you just enjoy legacy and you enjoy the fact that you have built an entire new generation and you get to just watch it. Or maybe you're that Moses generation that I think of where Moses didn't get to enter the promised land, but Moses got to watch a ton of people cross that bridge and to feel that satisfaction. So that afterglow stage is continuing to do your work as a person and the maintenance work and to continue to balance and say, let's not forget our date nights and our intimacy and our goals. But but maybe we don't do it as heavy because maybe we're not in our prime anymore. 
Or maybe we're just enjoying the afterglow because you guys might be that couple who hit this stage really young and you're just already there where you're like, our life is super calm and peaceful and we know our rhythms and we take our date nights and we are good about our intimacy. We're really good about getting our getaways and we just have a vibrancy and compassion and we love and serve from there. And it's very simple and it's this afterglow of the work we did very young. So I'm not gonna say you can't hit it young, Um, And I'm not going to say that if you get to that afterglow stage that you might not have time where you head back into the earlier stages too. So now let's go through the sample couple and I'm going to choose one that I think is really fun one that we get to watch or at least envision growing up and we'll do a choose your own adventure kind of reality that did not happen on the big screen. Uh, But maybe some of us wanted that if you were one of the fellow Gilmore Girls lovers. So we have Jess and Rory, and they did not end up together on the show that I know of, but I know there was that whole second run and mystique to it. But I definitely, either way, whatever our impressions on who Rory got with, I think that if we took her and Jess through the glow, and let's just pair them up as a four-five couple with Jess being the four, and Rory being the five, then we can look at them through the lens of the glow. And if you don't know who Jess and Rory are, I will give you a super brief overview that Jess Mariano on the show Gilmore Girls was such a rebel. You would say, hmm, what subtype of a four would he be? Is he even a four? I've actually had this conversation on my Instagram and a lot of you said he was a four, almost everybody. So we'll just leave it at four. Uh, But rebellious, uh, sexual four, Uh, dealt with his shame through lashing out toward others with it, but had a poet's soul and then really obviously liked Rory. Rory is innocent, sweet, kind. You could wonder if she was a nine or a two, but I'm going to say as an introvert who loved to be reading all the time and very introspective and private in many ways, I'm going to say she's a social five. So She's been raised by a single mom and she has issues with her mom overwhelming her with her dating life. And she also is best friends with her mom because she's in her head all the time, but she's definitely wanting her privacy and uh, she definitely deals with some of her issues. As we go through the show, we see some of those issues pop up. So I'm going to say as a young four or five couple, I call that glow pairing sage beauty. And that glow pairing is really beautiful, as you can imagine, in the ways of going deep with both the arts and the thoughts. So where did Rory and Jess connect at the beginning when they were in that shine stage of their glow? They connected in the ways of being really cerebral together. They had that sarcastic, witty 4.5 staged glow together because there was this higher academic wit and sarcasm going where they could both relate about having been abandoned by male role models and that they could say we've both read Catcher in the Rye and you know they could really talk a lot about the depths and then come right back up to fun and silly because at the beginning of your glow you are that way you're just like oh my gosh like we connect so well and we meet here and Jess could bring her the validation she was looking for as somebody who deeply wonders if she's competent and worthy of being at her 
Ivy League school and, uh, you know, just all of the issues she's dealt with from her own family. And he could also leave her alone a bit as a five. And then he, of course, feels totally validated by having this it girl who's got this gorgeous family and, you know, just this picturesque life in the middle of New England. And he really found his worth through her partly codependently. And so beautifully, if they went on briefly, they could heal one another. They could say, I validate you. You are worthy. You are special and unique, but you're also just special and unique because you're beloved. And they could say, uh, you know, you are competent and, you know, all the things that fours and fives want to hear, they could help each other to get there. And they did help each other to get there a little bit on the show. Um, But then once they get to the next stage, which would be shadows, they started to see some of Jess's issues come out where he would disappear and go into contemplation and brooding and anger and uh, hierarchy and Uh, Rory would shut down and not tell anybody and just go within and it would come out sideways and maybe you'd see that, you know, she was at first helping him with the social subtype and saying, let's, you know, be part of this picturesque town together. And he was, you know, helping her to connect with her feminine side more. But as time went on, it was really evident that they were in the shadows and they were not going to deal with things. And they both kind of sat in that four wings, five stage and things went to the darkness phase where they really did not pull out. Let's imagine that they had though, because as you get to see the show later, Jess is really healthy. And it's sad kind of that she misses that. So in our little fantasy, and so they cross that bridge and let's just say now we've transferred over to this is us and he's Jack. Okay. Just kidding. I won't take you that far, but obviously he turns out great. So what happens then is that we are dealing with everybody's abandonment issues in a bigger way. Their, their deeper issues have risen to the surface. Their uh, passions, their fixations are right at the top. And now it's time to do their therapeutic work. And so they both have to dig in and uh, kind of come to that dark night of the soul and say, I see that I've been codependent. I see that I've been hoarding my emotions so that you wouldn't really know how badly you hurt me. And they have to be real. They have to be vulnerable. And to do that work, they also need to replenish and have support from their families and uh, to believe that it's worth it to pursue. And then when they do that, they can come out into that immersion phase where they're just doing solid work and they're getting support. And it's not like it's a perfect phase. It's just, there's a hum, there's a rhythm. It's you're doing the work and it's flowing and it's nice to see life. And that's a great feeling to come out of the shadows. And then when they come into the glow 2.0, you see, oh my goodness, like more than the fact that they share the four and the five wing they're really going to be a a deeper, richer hue with both four and five because they're not with an eight. They're not with a two. They're not with a one. Yes, they may share arrows or have tri-type movements there, but they're going to be that sage beauty 2.0 because they've let one another's gifts truly rub off. And whereas Rory didn't process emotions very well before, 
it's only strengthened her forewing to be able to have Jess constantly saying like, it's okay for you to tell me the depths because now he's safer and he's not as into ranking and he's really able to sit with and help her to process everything without running off into contemplation or melancholy. And then she likewise is able to talk to him about how she really feels and how much he really means to her instead of thinking it all through analytically and doing all of that outside of her time with him. She's finally showing up and believing that she has enough energy and that she will get even more with that synergy of connection if she's truly honest and open and upfront about all the stuff. And uh, I think then they would have found their afterglow, that they would find their afterglow right there, that they would be able to be a pillar of Stars Hollow if they wanted, or more likely crashing off to New York City and having a lark in both places from time to time and just being a really beautiful couple and influence for the arts and for culture and for academia and for probably doing some really good things for the collective. Also, you saw later Jess in episodes where he was writing books. And we all know that a five or Rory in this case would have loved to be with somebody like that. And instead we don't get to see that. So that's where this fantasy comes in. But for those of us who are actually walking this walk and doing this work, it's a beautiful reminder that you are going to glow so much brighter when you're together. And like I said, sometimes it'll surprise you because you'll be like, I didn't even see it. You know, we're so in the thick of it that sometimes we miss what's really happening. So it's wonderful to take a meta analysis of your life and look back and step back sometimes. So if you're in that spot where you're like, I don't know, like, Take some time with it and see and explore where you guys have been. And I think it'll make you appreciate your life and your marriage a lot more amidst the hard work. But I hope that this podcast has been helpful to you as you think about you and your person or the person you want to have one day. And I really, my heart of hearts hope for you on this episode is that you would truly use this to help you to relax about your relationship, that if you feel like you're in the shadows, that you would not feel alone in it because I don't want anyone to be prideful. We all have issues sometimes and I don't want you to feel you're the only one. And I also don't want you to feel like just because you hit your glow 2.0 that that means that you stop, that you've arrived and that you don't have to try anymore because people can get huge heads sometimes about their marriage and then have somebody like me have to give them a red flag, which I don't like doing, by the way, but somebody says to me, hey, I don't know what's going on in my marriage. It seems to be perfect, but there's these red flags. And then I have to say, gosh, it really sounds like there's an affair going on. I don't want to even have to do that work with you, but I love you and I will do that work with you. But I want you to be taking care of yourself and each other. You can't fully control somebody else. But I do believe that if you put your intention in and you're thoughtful about your marriage and loving and compassionate, that you're far less likely to have things go south. So don't forget to enter the spooky season glow contest on Instagram. Don't forget to grab your freebie, your glow stages, and you and your boo can work those out. And I hope you have a great week. And I will be seeing you guys soon as we talk about other glow pairings and get to our Halloween time. Bye guys. <laughs>